0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu Wabarakatuh, and welcome back to the Ayyum Feed podcast. I'm your host Shabir, uh, and I uh, hope you're enjoying all of the podcasts, Alhamdulillah, we've had uh, a wide variety of guests from uh, local and, and from all, all across the world, alhamdulillah. Um, today, though, uh, we've got a very special guest, uh, someone who is, uh, well, you probably know him as the, the founder of Charity Week, um, someone who's also a doctor, uh, director of female lifesavers, and an Islamic historian, so it's a you know, crazy mix of things, so it's definitely going to be an interesting show today, um, and, and yeah, I mean, he's definitely local, he's, he's local to us but from his accent you would think he's probably from abroad but no he's he's with us here in london alhamdulillah uh, and is someone that i very much look up to we have with us uh, dr wajid akhtar As-salamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa
1: barakatuh
0: how are you are you okay i'm fine thank you alhamdulillah thank Blushing you so much for that uh, introduction <laughs> thank you for, for joining us it's like you said uh, when we met it's overdue like for us to even meet up yeah, after so. after such a long time um and it's funny because in terms of like Ilm feed like a lot of the projects that you are involved with, we've kind of shared a lot of that stuff charity week related recently. Um uh, beamer related, the CPR training video that was going around, Alhamdulillah So so yeah, I mean but we haven't but we don't know the man behind it. See? One of the men one of the men it. and women <laughs> yes, <laughs> Exactly, exactly, alhamdulillah. But thank you so much for joining us. Okay. Um we're currently we'll start with charity week, why? Because we're currently in pretty much, we just started, right? As we're recording, uh, by the time this goes out, you know, Charity Week will will be at an end. But um, and uh, we were were saying that we had, um, I forgot which episode it was, a few episodes back, we had uh, Dr. Naveed and Zach, Zachary Rob, who are kind of like um, products, you could say, of ISOC and Charity Week movement, and mashallah, they've now moved up. So our viewers have some kind of insight into Charity Week. but just to, just for me to kind of just talk about it, because Alhamdulillah, I've had some experience with Charity Week getting involved. It's a project that I I, I love. Uh, it's, it's amazing, mashallah. Um And I know so many people that are involved in it. Um, and now, obviously, it's a worldwide thing. It's not just in the UK. Um, Qatar, USA, Canada, help me out. South words. Africa. South Africa. Wow. Germany. Germany. Okay, brilliant. So, obviously, it's a worldwide thing now. Um, literally, one week, students from all across the world, people who aren't students, getting together, raising as much money as they can, uniting for one amazing cause. Um, and in recent years, well over a million pound has been raised goes to Islamic relief projects that help in Syria, Yemen, etc. Right, So it's it's absolutely amazing. I love the the concept. Um, but obviously, people are seeing the result now. After how many years has Charity Week been operating? 16 years now. 16 years, right. Let's go back uh, to the very beginning. Um, how did Charity Week begin?
1: As you can imagine, I get asked that question yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, that Where did this all start? How did yeah, it all yeah. begin? Um, and I might try to flip that question around a little bit okay. and explain why it began. Sure. So, as you mentioned, I have a passion for Islamic history. Mm. And since I was young, I would read so many different books and uh, as many things as I could about personalities and great events in Islamic history. Yeah, And it was like having mental whiplash because you would read these books about how amazing Muslim civilization was, how great our leaders were, mm. um, what we were and what we contributed to human society.
2: Mm.
1: And then you would look at reality today and see that it was literally the opposite. Mm. And I grew up with that feeling of there was something not right here. Either the books are wrong or we're wrong, but mm. this doesn't add up. And as I grew up, I also noticed another phenomenon, which everyone who's watching or listening to this will feel as well. We would, you know, I believe in Islam. I truly believe that this is a true faith. And there's Mm. so many different reasons why you would believe this is a true faith. Mm. And yet, we stand together in prayer, in Ramadan, and as communities packed out mosques, Raise our hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And every year we would ask to Help the Muslims of Palestine Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But would the Muslims of Palestine be helped? No Mm -hmm. Would the situation even stay the same? No In fact, every year the situation would get worse And it wouldn't just be Palestine Every year you would just add a new country to the list Every year things would get Not just worse It would be like worse in a way that you couldn't even imagine it getting worse. I've, I've been saying this for a few years, and here we are sitting uh, in 2019 talking about concentration camps for three million Muslims in Xinjiang. Mm-hmm. You know, like who could have even dreamt that up five years ago?
2: Yeah.
1: How do you explain this? Islam is a truth. We're more practicing now than we were maybe two generations ago. There are more Muslims who wear hijab, more brothers with beards, More of us go to messages. We're sharing messages in Ramadan. Happy Eid. Reminding each other to do good. There's more uh, practicing of the faith going on. Mm. The Quran hasn't changed. Our book is the same. Our Prophet ﷺ is still the same. Our Mm. Lord is the same. So what's changed? And it dawned on me. It was us. We have changed. Everything else is the same. But we are Mm. disunited. And we don't work together. And that... You know, coming from a medical background, that mm-hmm. is the cancer. Everything else, the drugs, the racism, the misogyny, the lack of ambition, everything else are symptoms. But the cancer, the disease, is disunity. Mm-hmm. And you know, just like the Prophet Wasallam has a sunnah, right? A sunnah is like th- these are actually things that he did, and we mm-hmm. we know about. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has his own sunnah, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's the sunnah of Allah that He will give victory to those who are united, whether they are right or they're wrong, whether they are good or they're evil. He will give victory to those who are united. United evil will always triumph over disunited good.
2: Mm.
1: And He gave us an example at the Battle of Uhud. Even if the Prophet is amongst you, even if He's walking with you, (coughs) and you are winning this battle the minute you become dis- uh, divided allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you defeat he will humiliate you he will destroy you mm-hmm. the minute that you start disuniting this is why uhud happened it didn't just happen to be a storybook for us to read about
2: yeah
1: it happened to teach us a lesson but we don't learn from that lesson and therefore and to me you know th- this became more and more apparent as i grew up and i th- realized that this has to be the cause that which i work for that we have to unite the muslims upon our deen mm-hmm. upon islam we have to bring them together and we have to start somewhere so this is a this is where charity came up uh, came about the idea was that how can we get muslims to work together different muslims different ages backgrounds uh languages mm-hmm. Charity was something that everyone agrees on Even if you're a non-Muslim you you know Giving money to orphans is easy mm. So Charity Week is really not about charity at all It's a unity uh, exercise It's mm. an example of what can happen If the Muslims unite If we work together And what we can do together inshallah Inshallah
0: I'd have to say by the way That's probably the, the deepest start to our podcast that we have had <laughs>
1: in a good way, in a good cool way, way.
0: but uh, no you've made some you made some really really good powerful points uh, especially like I didn't think about the point that you made about um how even being united on something which isn't good but it's still better than being disunited on something which is actually good. So uh, there's khayr in it, so mashallah, it's a really powerful point. Coming back to the actual, the, the beginning of Charity Week, and then obviously 16 years on how things have, have worked out, because I just want everyone else to kind of understand, the listeners and the viewers, um, how this kind of evolved, because it's very easy as, as as Muslims, as as just human beings, to look at something which is which you would deem as a success. You know, you look at it and say, "Wow, this has worked. It's, it's brilliant." Um, it's easy to look at it and think, "Well, you know, I can't, I can't do anything similar to that." You know, it's already, it's you know, that's that. And but who am I, kind of thing. So I just want you to just kind of take us through the journey um, over the sixteen years, maybe even the struggles and the uphill battles that you've had to face, and and the team. How has it grown, and how has like unity played a part in in the growth of Charity Week?
1: Jazakallah So. When the project began, it began with that vision of this is an excuse, a way to unite people. And it was important from the beginning, and it's just as important right now, that the vision Mm -hmm. of unity is above everything else, of unity upon our religion is above everything else, above even the money we raise. Mm -hmm. That's not what's impressive. And... If I ask anyone, even the people who took part last year, how much was raised last year, they can't remember. Mm -hmm. They forget, you forget everything. You forget uh, the amount of money raised, you forget the number of institutions, you might even forget after a few years whether you took part. But you won't forget, is when we come together, that Mm -hmm. feeling that it generates, and the impact of that. So, at the beginning of Charity Week, it took, uh, the idea of Charity Week actually started in 2000. Okay. It took three years. Um, while I was at med school, I would uh, spend all evening, I'd go to different universities, I'd speak to people, I would pray maghrib in a different prayer room for weeks on end until someone just asked me, why are you here or what class <laughs> you go to? I said, I am not actually go to this university, but I'm trying to reach out to people. I want, I'm want. i trying to, do, to bring people together. Mm. And alhamdulillah, in 2003, we did... I did a test run at, uh, at my university at St. George's. And in 2004, we started the first official Charity Week.
0: Right, I see. And so those three ab- years was what, just, just background work? You're just trying to figure things out kind of thing?
1: Three years, yes. Um, wow. Someone said to me when Charity Week first raised a million pounds mm. that night, someone put a hand on my shoulder and said, could you ever imagine this happening? And I told him, yes, this wasn't an accident. Mm. This was planned those three years, every single angle, which date, one week or one month, which charity should we be part of, whether it should be orphans or widows, every single thing was thought out. This, right. None of this happened by accident. Albert Einstein had a, uh, a good saying. He said, if I was given one hour to save the world, I'd spend 55 minutes working out what the problem is and five minutes saving the world. Mm. So we spent three years, day and night, working out every angle And it doesn't matter who comes on board, whether it's South Africa, Southern Hemisphere, or Northern Hemisphere, Canada. They're like, oh, we want to do Charity Week in January. And then when we go through the thought process and explain why it's in October, they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Because we've thought everything through.
2: Okay.
0: Okay, okay. So I just want to know, I just want to pick your brains before we continue. In those three years, now just being really specific, because I I had no idea about this, right? So in those three years, when you were planning, and clearly you've, you've thought everything through, what exactly were you doing? Like, were you going to like, were you speaking to people? Were you getting others involved? Um, was it just you sitting down? And like, I, I just want to know because I, I really feel like this would value, bring value to a lot of people listening. Right all, now. all the above. Yeah.
1: If you're going to set out I, I, and to do anything, Yeah. take the time. You know, I give you an example um, that most your younger listeners will relate to. Mm. Treat your Islamic work. Or the work that you're going to do The legacy you're going to leave behind Like a wife not a girlfriend Right <laughs> What do I mean by that yeah. The majority of us treat it like a girlfriend That means that Today I wake up and I'm interested in fiqh So I'll do a bit of fiqh Tomorrow I want to do a bit of hadith I'll, uh, I'll go and learn some hadith Then I'll do some charity work And then I'll learn some history Whatever changes from day to day I'll change my uh, mm. qibla, my direction, my focus I won't stick to one thing and if this gets a bit hard, I, you know, I was maybe I was doing tajweed and it became a little bit difficult, I can drop it like a stone.
2: Yeah. If I was
1: doing charity work and I got a problem with someone, I can ignore that too. Mm. I, I had an argument with them, I don't need to stay here, I can go somewhere else. That's treating it like a girlfriend. But if you treat it like a wife, that means you take time to work out what is best for me not just today what's going to be good for me in 5 years time in 10 years time what's going to be good for me when I graduate when I have, get married when I have kids what's going to be good for me when I'm tired or when I uh, when I when I've got a lot of time and energy what's going to fit with my personality what's good for mm. my deen my dunya akhra take time and commit you're
0: talking about
1: commit and when yes. you commit mm. then then stick to mm. your guns and the baraka will come right but choose and cho- choose wisely. Take your time. Choose wisely. There's no rush. We've been in this mess for hundreds of years now. Yeah. We don't need to get out in the next year. Take your time. Find out what's your passion. Do some research. Speak to people. Think about it yourself. Pray istikhara. Read the books. Do the research. Don't let anyone outthink you. Mm. And then make your decision. And then if you... Again, what happens when you get... Uh, when you have girlfriends, you end up with, at the end of your life, with loads of broken relationships, diseases, and God knows what. But when you have a wife, you end up with children. You end mm. up with a legacy. You end up with something that will carry forward. There's barakah in that. Mm. Treat your Islamic work, treat your passion like a wife. The same care and effort that you're going to take and you're choosing your partner or a husband, if it applies to the sisters, put that same care and effort, and then when you make your decision... Don't flake out. Mm. No excuses. Keep on. And you will get the barakah, inshallah.
0: Inshallah. And you know, the funny thing is, the last two podcast episodes have been about marriage.
1: Have they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: just funnily enough, right? Just all, it's all tying in. So, yeah. For, for anyone that wants to basically learn more about what Dr. Wajaz is saying, the actual, the, the reality of it, and just listen to our last two as well. But let's continue with this one, because obviously it's not about marriage, but it's, I, I really like the example that you gave. Exactly. Um, I wanted to ask... In the in the in the in the sixteen years, right? Did you face a lot of problems at times where you felt like this this isn't gonna work, or I need to drop it? Or do you feel like no, because you planned it so well, everything went smoothly?
1: No, uh, I mean I make it I may make it sound like I planned it so well, but problems still came. And it just came in the first year. Yeah. At the end of the first year, we had achieved what we never thought we could. Mm. We had eleven Islamic societies in London working together. Mm. They raised thirty thousand pounds. Everyone wow. was on a high and at that moment everyone dropped out from my team oh really uh they, had, they were medical students they had finals and they yeah. had everyone had a reason and it was just me and uh, a couple of sisters and uh, we had a meeting and we sa- I said look we have to wrap this up this can't continue mm. and they said no give it one more chance let's go ahead and i said i i at that time i I don't there was pride but I felt like I knew pretty much everyone in London of that of that age group I said there's no one mm. and they said let's try so I remember I was very disheartened uh I went back to my room and uh, in the middle of the night I um I prayed to Allah Subhanahu Wa and I made a dua I said I'm out I'm all out I haven't got no one left and I don't know anyone else I've tried everyone and there's no one mm-hmm. so now please send me help right? mm-hmm. from where I do not expect mm-hmm. please send me help from where I don't know and from that day to this day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps sending help and he has never stopped
2: mm-hmm. I've
1: never been to South Africa I never went to Germany before charity week took place and there are hundreds of brothers and sisters there Who I feel like Literally like my brothers and sisters Who wow. work day and night Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Keeps sending You know Year after year mm. The barakah <clears throat> just doesn't stop And this is just one Point I apologize My lessons were my, uh, I talk too much No, no, no It's all good but, um, Keep going This is one Aspect of the barakah <clears throat> of unity <clears throat> Yeah You know there's a barakah That comes from sadaqah mm. Right There's a barakah that comes from da'wah There's a barakah that comes from Everything good Yeah there's a barakah that comes from unity that doesn't come from anything else. If you pray three rakahs maghrib by yourself and you pray the same three rakahs in the masjid, what's the difference in ajr? More than 20 times, yeah. right? Why? Have you prayed four rakahs? Have you read a different surah? No. What's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaching us? What's the difference? You're surrounded by other people. Mm-hmm. If you fast in Ramadan, 30 days, is it easier or is it easier to... Fa- uh, it's easier to fast six days of shawal disjointed mm. If you ask anyone They all say the same thing It's so much harder to fast those six days of shawal Why? How does it make sense that six days Non-consecutive Are harder to fast than 30 days consecutively The barakah of unity mm. Those 30 days the whole world is doing it together Those six days you're on your own Yeah. Go on Umrah <clears throat> It's the same place Mecca, the same Kaaba People go all the time Alhamdulillah, it's a spiritual boost.
2: Mm.
1: But going hajj, same Kaaba, same Mecca, Mm. it's life-changing. The one who drinks stops drinking. The one who was a gangster stops being a gangster. The people come back with full beards and they've changed (laughs) their life and hajj and so on. Why? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us again and again and again. There's a barakah that comes from unity that will not come with anything else. And subhanAllah, this is why I would recommend anyone that, you know, Yes, we went through difficult times and we still go through difficult times mm. and you will too. But the more that you unite, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send you barakah, literally like the monsoon falling on the Sahara Desert. It will not stop.
0: It's mm. a really good point. And um, <clears throat> you know, the, the, just going back when you mentioned how you went through that kind of struggle and, and you, you, you you felt like just checking out completely. Uh, those moments, they're such a test, when it, especially when it comes to your sincerity. Like, why did you start this for? And there's always going to be that that point. Like, even as a speaker, you know, when you walk in expecting a full crowd and then you, you go into the masjid, you go into the hall and there's like five people sitting there. Mm-hmm. That's that's what like hits you. It's like, Okay, so I, am I gonna change now, and you know, just cut things short, and you know, give 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 it half-hearted uh, kind of like a, a an attempt, uh, or am I gonna think you know what? There's five people here, one of them might go out and do something amazing. Let me, I do the same. Whether there's five, whether there's you know, two hundred fifty people. So it's it's those moments that I I feel like in anything that is good, it's gonna come. Because Allah is like exactly. testing you at that moment, right?
1: Exactly. How do you know? I mean, this yeah. is the thing. How do you know where the, who those five people are? This yes. is the beauty of history, though. When you mm. read it, you know, the Prophet Sallallahu never got to see the two superpowers of the world, Persia and Rome, collapsed and the wealth pouring. The Prophet Sallallahu was tying ro- uh, stones to his belly and, mm. and hungry. And they were on the. If you read the hadith, if you read all the hadith, you you know it. Uh, there's a lot about food there because they were on the ba- on the edge of starvation yeah. half their lives, and he's he he saw <clears throat> the vision that Rome and Persia will collapse, and you will get the their wealth coming into. He never mm-hmm. saw it with his own eyes. He never saw it with his own eyes. He didn't get it in his lifetime, but he planted the seeds. Yeah that's all we're doing who who knows so if you're a student of history or that's why I, to be honest I feel like you know it's something that people should go back to you will see that our history is full of people who didn't see the victories that they planted mm. but subhanallah those victories are there you know those victories are there and they're yeah. growing and you and if you feel like that if you feel like you're one of them you're on that caravan then subhanallah you know five people Hey, who knows? Maybe yeah. one of them will be the ancestor of the Mahdi and your are of for life <laughs> exactly. and
0: the afterlife. Exactly. I'm going to sidetrack. So I'm going to come back to chapter. I've got, I got a few other questions, just sidetracking uh, just slightly because, you know, I'm just quite intrigued, you know, you're mentioning history, uh, but obviously you're a professional, you're a medic as well, you're a doctor. So obviously that you must have formally studied. And when it came to history, is this something that you did in your spare time, your reading or... You know how how did you kind of balance the two? spare time and reading
1: it yeah. uh, i I, I love reading but mm-hmm. also i, I studied formally uh islamic history when i was young in saudi right and uh and western history at the london school of economics i did a degree in between my medical degree
0: ah so you did another degree in between okay interesting so this is this is good because again there's a lot of students who feel like uh, either or So it's either uh, i go down this professional route and become doctor, engineer, wherever it might be, or I go down the Islamic route and I become a scholar and a hafiz of the Quran, uh, do you feel like it's it, it's not just, it, the question isn't, do you feel like it's possible to be both, because we know it is, but how important do you feel it is to actually grab both and and take as much as you can, especially when it comes to like the sacred knowledge that we have?
1: Yeah, uh, w- I hundred percent believe that yeah. it's not only possible, but that's the way to go. That's mm. the example of before Imam Abu Hanifa, was a, a successful businessman. I mean, mm. probably a multi-millionaire for his time. Yeah, you know, even uh, Uthman who was still a merchant. you yeah. know, Abu Bakr who still tries was trying to do his job when he became Khalifa You know, like <laughs> the, the, doing your job is mm. different than doing your Uh, Islamic duties or your extracurricular activities at the end of the day your job is just a job Mm. The doctor part should not define me. Yeah, if it does then that's really depressing and you know I'm not denigrating what it is to be a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer. Those are really Important things and Mm. people need to have them, but it's really how I feed my family and what I do in my working hours But I feel like I'm asleep nine to five And I'm alive Five to nine. That's when I'm really alive.
0: <laughs> wow. See, a lot of people don't see it. Like that. They just see it as just get the job done, get some money in. And obviously, you know, if, if you're a doctor, for example, it's easier to kind of justify and say, you know, I'm helping people. So that, you know, there's nine to five. It's worth it. Obviously, if you're doing something else, maybe you don't see as much value. You can still kind of say I'm helping. I'm, I'm, I'm feeding my family. I'm supporting whatever it might be. But a lot of people don't. That's it. Once it's home time, once you go home, that's it. They feel like just rest and just chill out. But it seems like what you're saying is you're really pushing the idea that, you know, once you're finished, you need to go all out on something else, right?
1: You need to live your life. (laughs) When you die, nobody cares. No child ever said, oh, my dad was a doctor or engineer or lawyer. I'm very proud of, who cares? Mm. You know, I I was at a funeral and uh, this elderly uh, lady was being buried. And while she, As she was being buried, as she was being put in the ground, uh, two people ahead of me, they were talking to each other, and one said to the other, you know, she was a doctor. And the other said, no, I didn't know that. Mm. I nearly fainted. (laughs) She had studied all uh, through her life, went to medical school, did all those exams, was a doctor, you know, so much. And at her funeral, it was a passing comment. Mm. They don't bury doctors, they bury people. What did you do? What yeah. legacy do you leave? Your children do not look up to you Because of your, the, the words after your name You know The legacy you leave behind Will be what you do outside of work
2: mm.
1: And there's so much to do the, the world is full of doctors and hospitals and It's not really changing very much Let's be honest, right? Yeah What they need are people Who are going to change things outside of that And people will say But I'm so tired You know, I don't have the time Let me tell you It's a very simple thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put barakah in the time of people who do work that has barakah in it. Mm. If you do work that has barakah in it, Allah wa <clears throat> will put barakah in your time. And if you don't, then you won't have any barakah in your time. Yeah. Every single mother who has one child cannot imagine what, how is it possible that someone with two children manages. Because she feels like I'm so stressed. And yet when she has a second child, she manages. Mm. And the one the mother with two children doesn't understand how the mother with three children manage. How does you how do you manage I barely manage two children. And when you have the third child, you manage. Yeah. Because the more barakah you have in your life and the more barakah you put in, the more barakah Allah SWT will give you your time. Work for it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put barakah He will find ways to constrain because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I am time. People say, mm. you know, they talk about this, I am time. Mm. He will expand it and contract it for whom he wills. Make put, do work with us, baraka. I promise you right now. Again, another sunnah of Allah, you will put, have baraka in your time.
0: Yeah, because I'm always amazed by how you know when you read about scholars of the past, like you know, sh- much shorter lifespans than than we have. Hardly ever
1: made it fifty, right? Most of them. Yeah,
0: I mean, you read about like Imam Nawawi, rahimahullah, and how he died pretty much shortly after the age of forty. But then, like every masjid you walk into, every house you walk into, Riyadh al-Salihin will be there. His collection of hadith will be there. And that's just an amazing legacy to think that by that age, done. Everything's pretty much done and everyone remembers him till today. That's what amazes me. Like, clearly they must have literally made use of every single moment that they had. Like, you know how we feel like, nah, okay, today's my rest day. You know, people complain, okay, it's Sunday today. Today's my lazy day. It's like, I've just missed out an entire day in the week calling it a lazy day. You know what I mean? And then it's like, that's one day gone and every... Every month, that's four days gone, it's like making use of every single moment that you have. I feel like that's really, really important. Uh, I want to ask you another question. Just coming back to um, actually no, let's let's stick to this because since we're on since we're on, I just want to ask, how do you manage everything? Practical, practically, you know, you're a you know you're a family man, you're a, you're a doctor. Uh, you have all these other projects. I mean, Charity Week in and of itself must. I mean, I don't know what your WhatsApp is like. I can just imagine, right? We should, we should like, you know, Pete should make like a, an animation of WhatsApp groups, like you know how you have those yeah, emoji yeah. worlds, right? Imagine how it just must be exploding just with Charity Week stuff, and then imagine all the other projects that you're involved in. How do you, how do you manage? And also another question based off that I want to ask you before I forget is. A lot of people obviously look up to you. They would come to you for advice, right? Um, and I'm sure you you offer a lot of advice and um, you know mentorship. Now, how do you kind of manage those expectations? So a lot of people coming to you, messaging you, how do you give them time? So there's two kind of questions
1: there. Uh, the answer to the first question, how I manage is that yeah. I don't. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't hold a bucket during charity week. Yeah. I uh, or uh, or do have the most of the events. Mm. There's a team there, yeah. and unfortunately, um, I'm a figurehead, and people focus on an individual. They like to, you know, you 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 know, you don't look at the whole of team Barcelona. You see Messi, right? Yeah. But there's a, ten other players on the pitch, and there's a mm. coaching staff. And uh, he, on his own, he would not be able to do it. Mm. Uh, and I'm no, I'm nowhere near the Messi of Charlie or anything <laughs> like that. But what I'm saying is, yeah. there's a team there. Without a team. This is not possible I cannot manage And I would not be able to do it There are brothers and sisters In Charity Week In Bima and FEMA and Muslim And everywhere Who are doing um, Who are working flat out Um, But unfortunately uh, I, I get a lot of the credit And that's It's not fair but that's the reality, but be part of a team and you can achieve much more
0: team definitely but i'm okay let's let's talk about then just your personal schedule then because still you i mean regardless of whether there's a team or not you're still involved in a lot of different things so how would you how would you manage that
1: look let me be frank this is something which I don't know how not to manage right? okay. it's i it's almost like asking um a mother how do you manage having three kids mm. you know they don't say well I've got two and the last one I just can't manage so he YouTube raises him. <laughs> you know um, you do you yeah. find the time and you put in the effort and if that means you sleep less mm. then you sleep less and if it means that I meet my friends once a year <laughs> then I meet my friends once a year I see. and if it means that I have to push myself uh, sometimes beyond what I should do, mm. then yeah, I, I I I will do that, um, because no matter what I do, it's nothing compared to what the rest of the team are doing, yeah. and it's nothing compared to the people who we need to help. What they what they're doing.
2: Mm.
0: No, no, that makes a lot of sense. And coming to the second part of the question, which is um, just managing a lot of people, obviously coming to you. For, for advice The reason why I ask is because I always think about the Prophet Sallam, How he was a family man And he was obviously the messenger of Allah He had this great task and mission And he was going and meeting officials And travelling, giving ta'wah. Um He's the Imam, he's leading the prayers And somehow, like, all of the Sahaba coming to him, right? But And somehow he managed Everyone walked away happy Everyone felt like, you know, there's there's those narrations that The companions, they say that, you know When we were in the room of the Prophet Sallam, like every single one of us felt like we were the closest to him, that he was giving us the most attention. So I always look at that example in the seerah and think, wow, what an amazing man he must have been, Ali salatu wasalam, how he managed that. Um, and, you know, I just, that's why I was just asking you, you know, how do you deal with that?
1: Um, I don't get that many people coming to me yeah. um, for advice, but I guess in the projects, that's mm. what happens. And uh, the way I'm... I manage it. Number one, I see it as a privilege. A lot of mm. people they don't like WhatsApp, yeah. And I get it because it's mostly irrelevant information. Yeah. I'm part of. I think the last time I checked was 958 WhatsApp groups <laughs> wow. active WhatsApp groups, and I, on average I get a thousand messages every hour or two. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. It doesn't stop. <laughs> um. But each one of those is a privilege okay. because it's a chance. Uh, it, it, for if someone asks you for advice mm. or for your input, or if you have a chance to give input, I, like, subhanAllah, like, I, I fear like I'd be that person who has food and rejects it. Mm. You know, like, I have the chance to help, and I said no. I, 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 like, Allah subhanAllah will not give me that chance, might not give me that chance again. Mm. I remember what it was like before when I wish I could have made a difference, and I couldn't. Yeah. And now I'm in a position where I could make a difference to an event or, uh, or inspiring someone, and if I don't do that, then uh, you know, like I might lose out big time. Mm-hmm. So it's a I f- I see it as a, I I see it as an honor as a privilege. So it's I I enjoy it. I enjoy giving time. I enjoy learning because whenever you're talking to people, you learn yeah, just yeah. as much. And um, that that's part of the growing process. Absolutely. Um, so it it is really for me. It's a huge. Cha- it's a change in mindset. Yeah. Um, I remember I was sitting down with my friends from uni from back in the day, 10 years after we graduated. So mm. you know, it's a long time since I graduated. Um, and I took a call from a Islamic Society. Yeah. They were quite upset about something. And every year I get 18-year-olds telling me I'm too liberal or too conservative or an idiot or whatever, and that's fine. Um, I, I was probably worse than them when I was 18. Um, so they called. and It was a very harsh conversation. And uh, when I put down the phone, one of them said, are you still dealing with that rubbish? Mm. You know, like I thought you'd left. We'd left. We'd left that behind us when we left university. And I said to them that you know, this rubbish that you speak of, this time waste, annoyance that you speak of, that's where the barca lies. Mm. That's where the difficulty lies. These things don't get built out of thin air. These teams aren't gelled together. By, by chance, mm. what keeps people together is constant communication. It's, you know, how do I, how can I reach out to someone in South Africa without actually being there, without ever you know helping them? Yeah. And the way I do that is by speaking to them, by inspiring them, by motivating them. I'm literally relying on my words mm. to bridge that gap, to yeah. build that loyalty, to transfer that vision. So uh, it's a change of mindset. I see it, what I think a lot of people might see as the headaches Mm. Is actually for me Is like This is barakah Plus 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 This Mm. is where the blessings Are going to come from Yeah Um, And and this If you If you go through it This is what's going to lead to success Because that's where everyone stops You know Everyone would love to do something amazing And a big project But it's these things that stop them Just another phone call No I don't want it Yeah Oh they're whatsapping me And they're really angry And I'm going to get angry back at them And it takes uh, a level of dedication and discipline To say this is Alhamdulillah You know someone's mm. having a go at me They're talking to me They could have been having a go at me Without me knowing mm. And I wouldn't be able to do anything about it Alhamdulillah mm. this, is, this, there's, there's, this is a real opportunity And taking
0: yeah. it You know how you mentioned Obviously you have, you have teams That do a lot of the work mashallah, In South Africa And, 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 and Germany Obviously a lot of these people when you, when you take a step back You think about it These are really young brothers and sisters, right? We're talking about as young as even 18, 19, uh, that you've kind of just placed your trust in to just go out there and and, and do this, right? And mm-hmm. and and you know, run, try to be successfully in, in whichever place there is. Why, you know, why is it that you've kind of um you know placed so much hope in in this younger generation, whereas a lot of people could have been really skeptical, like, no no no, you guys aren't experienced enough, you know, let 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 us big boys just deal with it. Why do you see so much potential? Because obviously this is what I've seen in Charity Week. It's these youngsters with huge potential going out there and they've done amazing work. And I've been to events and I've looked around and I'm just like, wow, like, wh- what am I doing here? Being invited as a speaker when these guys, like they're way more, I you know, know. I
1: feel that all the time. Honestly, it's, it's amazing.
0: Why, why do you see so much potential in, in this generation?
1: Because they have it. They have that potential. It's not, yeah. it's some, it's not something that's hard to see. This generation of young Muslims, mm. Right. They don't realize it now, but they are growing up in an era of, you know, social media. Mm. So they're adept at that. They know how to use social media, but they are also attached to Quran. Mm. So now they have some love for it. This generation, they are in their country. They're in this country in the West, for example, in America, in Canada, in Germany. But they have some connection to back home. Yeah. They're not totally divorced from what it's like back home. This generation are professionals. They're going to colleges, they're going to universities, they're trying to get jobs, and they're trying to find the balance with their deen. This generation is the most likely generation to change the situation of the Muslims.
2: Mm. This
1: generation is not just has potential, is overflowing with potential. There are gems out there in every single city. I have, I've, I've found them, mm. I've seen them, yeah. and I can't believe that they're in every city in the whole world. There are young Muslims Brothers and sisters With bags of energy Potential Who can do Huge things Uh, The way I like to put it The dots are all there All we need to do now Is start connecting them Mm -hmm. And when we do that The world will not be the same
0: How do we tap into that potential like is it is it is it uh, the case of just empowering this individual because you know sometimes you see it you see the potential but they don't they just think oh, who am i you know they're too humble or whatever it might be they just don't realize what they can do what they can achieve so how do you as someone who's slightly more senior come into the picture and then kind of motivate them or whatever you want to call it to actually step up and, and do something
1: the, the uh, there's no secret sauce to this. It's exactly what the Prophet ﷺ did. Awesome. You start with a vision, mm. because the vision is everything. Yeah. The vision. I mean, there's a reason why the kalama is the first pillar, right? Yeah. Um, and and the, the vision is what motivates and inspires people, and makes them do things that they didn't know was possible. Mm. Um, Aisha mm. has said words to the effect that had it not been for 13 years of teaching people Tawheed in Mecca, yeah. If the Prophet ﷺ had just skipped through to uh, uh, fasting And pre- people would not have done it mm. But they had incul- The Prophet ﷺ inculcated in them A love of uh, Jannah A fear of Jahannam A love of mm. Allah So that they would do whatever came next yeah. For that next period So the vision is important Young people, young Muslims They're looking for something mm. They're looking for something to believe in Young people everywhere actually Muslims are non-Muslims This is why all these dance crazes You know, they take off And you know um, The Marvel, you know, the cinematic universe And people going It becomes a thing, or football People are looking for something to believe in To be part of
2: Mm.
1: Everyone is giving a vision Football teams are throwing a vision Liverpool is throwing a vision Marvel is throwing a vision out there Everyone is throwing a vision out there It's just us
2: Mm.
1: Just Muslims Not We can't be bothered We need to give them a vision Something to believe in Something that, look There's something big that's possible here That you can be part of And then, you're right Empower them Mm. Now take them from where they are And then work with them Remove the imperfections Accentuate the positives Work in a team And that's exactly what happens when you're in a team You start, the rough edges start being hoon out And you start getting improving This is Mm. the importance of being in a 'ah, jama'ah That you start improving as time goes on Um, But yes, give them a vision If you inspire people, they will do things that you can't You, You know, like you look back, like you said And they end up inspiring you Mm. people say how do you inspire people I say I just I'm a mirror I just stand in front of the audience and reflect back to them what they really are mm. and they get inspired
0: have you I mean with you don't need to get into specifics but I'm just interested to know have you come across I'm sure you have you definitely have but do you have any kind of examples of youngsters along the way who maybe you, you saw some potential they didn't see it and then now they're out there doing doing something amazing Any example I'm sure you've got So many (laughs) examples Because you've been All over
2: the world
1: There are many There are many (laughs) Alhamdulillah But you know They uh, We had a uh, Brother who Started Charity Week In Germany for example Yeah And this is an example Where I didn't see the potential Mm. Uh, And I told him You know You come back to me When you have a team Yeah And you start selling that vision And the very next day He phoned me (laughs) And he said I found someone And I was like it's not that it doesn't. It doesn't happen that quickly. He goes, no, no, no. I found someone. He's good. He does everything. I was like, it doesn't like. It doesn't work like that. And he's like, oh yeah. And he's sixteen years old. And I just put my head in my hand and I was like, oh god, <laughs> this is not gonna work. You, maybe you didn't listen to me. But subhanallah, that brother, that sixteen-year-old was the director of charity Week Germany last year.
2: Oh wow. Asha you Allah. know
1: th- th- these people do amazing things, which. Um, Really put us, the rest of us to shame and, and that's why I still have hope In that next generation Inshallah That they'll come forward um, There are people who um, You know You're sitting in a meeting And then They turn up And I was like I thought you had your finals Your, your, your medical school finals Your dental finals Today What are you doing here They said yeah I just finished it And I was like what? You finished it mm. and, and what You straight away Got on a train Didn't celebrate with your friends Didn't go for food You just got on a train And you came to the meeting They're like yeah <laughs> We got work to do one story actually which which sticks with me when I go and um, do training or deliver talks I like to ask the, if it's training, it's a smaller group to give me their name and something interesting about them because otherwise I can't remember them there's a lot of people and uh, every time you go people say there's nothing to remember there's nothing to remember there was one group I went to and there was a sister and she said no there's nothing interesting about me and I said something, anything, just tell me anything she goes oh okay I'm from... I'm from Syria. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Which part of Syria are you from? I'm from Aleppo. Okay, mashallah. When did you come to Germany? And uh, she was, uh, I came uh, three, four years ago. And then I stepped back and I said, wait, th- three, four years ago?
2: Mm.
1: You, didn't, uh, you didn't come here. You escaped. You're a refugee. Mm. And she goes, yes, I'm a refugee. So I said, let me get this straight. Three, four years ago, your country descended into warfare, uh, you escaped oppression You walked through Europe And ended up as a refugee in Germany Learned German Joined the medical school And now you're volunteering for a charity project wow. All within three years She goes yes And I said Yeah you're right There's nothing interesting about you <laughs> <laughs> this is, wow. These people out there They're amazing And they do amazing things
0: Amazing That's amazing uh, This, uh, Like you said uh, Overflowing with potential This generation Overflowing And we see it Just need to tap it Too too many examples of that Uh, Coming back to unity Another quick question uh, uh, Charity week Is it only um, Like Muslims that are united Because I remember At the beginning of the the episode You mentioned that Obviously charity is something Everyone relates to Muslim, non-Muslim Right Humanitarian or not Um, So charity week Is it just Muslims involved in this Or is it It's mainly Muslims Muslims right now Yeah
1: And our aim is to unite The Muslim youth Yeah but the beauty of unity, everyone appreciates. Mm. Um, Non-Muslims will benefit when the Muslims are united. You know, we used to be a people who discovered cures for diseases. We built the most beautiful buildings, mm. and now we are people don't add much to human society or civilization. Mm. But we used to be those people, and we should be those people again. When we unite, inshallah, we should be the people who discover the cure for cancer.
2: Yeah,
1: we should do it. We should be the people who get to Mars. When we unite, inshallah But when we don't, we can't even protect ourselves We used to be the people who protected the Jews People, you know, like there's uh, People accuse us of anti-Semitism And there is a problem sometimes in the Muslim community Mm. of anti-Semitism We have to be honest But our history isn't that Our history is that at least three times in our history We saved Jewish people from extinction And and, and so when we're united People can't be helped but attracted to it Mm. And this year, for example uh, A Jewish society is taking part in Charity Week (laughs)
2: <laughs> wow. right? And they're
1: raising money for Palestine Wow They didn't. Nobody forced them Nobody put a gun to their head yeah. They're willingly taking part In previous years Hindu societies have taken part Raising money for Pakistan mm. And Sikh societies When we're united Everyone loves unity They love seeing it People Even non-Muslims When they see the Hajj They want to be there mm. There's a reason why They're not allowed to go Because people will just convert Just yeah. from the electricity in the air yeah. So Yes, non-Muslims take part. We, we we want them to take part. In fact, one of the team leaders in one of our Qatari teams is a non-Muslim sister. But, you know, we, we have our Islamic values. We're not going to have uh, you know non-Islamic activities.
2: Yeah,
1: and they appreciate it. They love it. Mm. And and we respect them as well.
0: And this like whole vision of unity that we that we've been speaking about pretty much this whole kind of show so far. Is this the same that you would apply to the other projects that you're involved with? Whether yeah. it's like Bima. FEMA. Uh, if it's know. not,
1: if it has nothing to do with unity, <laughs> I'm not there. Yes, everything is is to do with unity.
0: So you, so with with FEMA, for example, what are you doing? You're you you uniting. What exactly?
1: So uh, FEMA is the Federation yeah. of Islamic Medical Associations. It's a worldwide body that of where all the every country or most Muslim countries yeah. and non-Muslim countries have an Islamic medical association. Mm. Uh, for the UK, it's BIMA, British Islamic Medical Association, where the Muslim healthcare professionals in that country can come together on a common platform right, to benefit each other and their community. Uh, so BIMA was founded by uh, an amazing bunch of brothers and sisters. I wasn't there. I, I'm jealous of them, though. <laughs> um, more than five years ago, alhamdulillah, five, six years ago. And since then, what they've been doing, a huge number of activities, for example, uh, putting on a course, induction course for young medics, um health promotion in the masjids yeah. uh, and uh, one of the activities is to teach CPR in the masjids yeah. uh, same day same time after Zuhar prayer all the mosques five six years ago it was three mosques in London one mm. of them was this East London mosque yeah and uh, alhamdulillah this year in the UK it was 115 masjids, Wow. Uh, on the same day and uh, the other countries as part of FEMA, the worldwide body, took part. About eight, nine other countries, Philippines to Malawi, all took part on the same day after her prayer, uh, teaching CPR in the masjids. And, wow. and again, this is, shows the barakah of unity because, um, you know, it's something that it, we're teaching something good. CPR, basic life support, it's very important to know. Mm. There's a huge need for it. And uh, I use this as an example, actually. It's a huge need to learn it. For example, uh, they teach it in the schools in Seattle in, in America. Yeah. Because they teach it in the schools, if, if someone has a cardiac arrest, their heart stops, they die. Mm. In Seattle, outside the hospital, their chance of survival is more than 30 percent, 30 to 40 percent, of surviving. Okay. In London, because we don't teach it, yeah, uh, it's about 18 percent.
2: Oh, wow. OK.
1: In Karachi in Pakistan, it's zero percent. The chance of surviving If you're an out of hospital Cardiac is 0% There's a huge benefit To teaching this Life-saving skill To all the Muslims mm. And to all the Not even Muslims All non-Muslims Everyone needs to know this Yeah Teaching in the masjid Is a good <clears throat> dawah opportunity But what I tell everyone Is said, you know As amazing this as this is The unity that you're building Is more amazing than that mm. It will save more lives Teaching CPR One person CPR Will save a life Yeah But unity We'll save generations,
2: inshallah
1: mm. We build a system It's not about teaching one person Because a lot of us, we're doing that We're In our separate groups You know, some, uh, a, a doctor or a nurse Would teach in a mosque about diabetes Or somebody else would talk about mental health We're doing it separately yeah. But when you do things separately It disappears before your eyes mm. But when you work together When you combine Again, that barakah of unity comes into play Then you build a legacy And you can start building on it and you can, and and the next generation can come. You know, I remember someone, uh, w- one of my f- friends said, "Inshallah, I hope to achieve what you achieved." And I said, "That would be a disaster <laughs> if you did that, because you, I, you have to achieve more than whatever I, we, mm. my generation achieved. You have to go further. So, um, you know, every generation builds for another generation. When we unite, Inshallah, when we build systems, and that's what yeah. we're doing in Bima, Inshallah, is that." All the healthcare professionals in the UK, we're trying to build them, bring them together on a common platform. Mm -hmm. So many, every hospital and GP surgery has a Muslim in there, right? Whether it's a physio or a nurse or a pharmacist. And when we bring them together, we're going to change things in this country, inshallah. And then when we bring the Muslim lawyers together and the Muslim engineers and the imams and so on, we're just getting started, inshallah.
0: Inshallah. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about this kind of practically now because you know a huge kind of issue, a kind of problem that I would say is that you know we see nowadays in the Muslim community especially is that we love kind of recreating the weird, you know, just doing the kind of same things. One organization pops up, similar organization pops up. You know, just like you said, everyone's just doing the same thing separately, right? Um, so I'm thinking of it practically. Like so, for me personally, if I'm ever asked to get involved in a a project or whatever it might be, I always look at it and I always think, you know, I'm talking about a new kind of project, right? And if I look at it and I just see that it's pretty much already been done, but you're just creating something new, then I don't have much interest in it because I'm like, there's already stuff that's established out there. You could just literally just join forces, right? Um, But if it's something new, You know, like, there's plenty of madrasas, plenty of institutes. But now if there's a new institute that comes out with a a different target audience, or, you know, they're doing something differently, okay, I'm interested. You know, because now you're, you know, now you're kind of appealing to a percentage of the Muslims that have never been catered for. So, do you see what I mean, right?
1: hundred percent, because we in the, as someone once said, apologies. No, no, go for it. uh, it, It's, you know, the analogy is that it's not about getting the pie and slicing it, you know, it's about making a bigger pie. Yeah. No. It's about making a pie factory right? <laughs> That's what it's about Yeah. Generate yeah. it so that everyone has pies There's so much to do mm. But we're not serious This is the thing We have mm. to be honest As a Muslim community We are deep into deception of ourselves We talk about unity mm. We all, like who doesn't the, the scholars have been talking about it They're mentioning it We all say we want to be united Do we really? No The reality, the truth is We don't want to be united The truth is that there are hundreds of charities in this country for Syria, right?
2: Mm.
1: Who does it benefit to have a hundred charities for Syria? Does it benefit the Syrians? To have a hundred offices? To mm. have a hundred directors? To have a hundred cleaners? To have a hundred machine? It doesn't. Who does it benefit? Why do we have them? Let's be honest. Mm. When you have three mosques on one road, who does it benefit? Is it for convenience? Or is it for control? Mm. When we have 52 Muslim countries, and we're so proud of saying we've got 52... Do we actually have 52 Muslim countries? Or do we actually have 52 countries that happen to have more Muslims in it than non-Muslims? Mm. We're not serious about it. We want unity, but it's always. But when push comes to shove, like with the Rohingya,
2: mm.
1: when push comes to shove, no, there's no space on this earth for them. Surrounded by Muslims, but there's no space on earth for them. We have to be honest with mm. ourselves that we got a serious problem with this unity. And we find this with Charity Week all the time. This is the one project that is uniting Muslim youth across different countries and continents and yet every year all somebody has to do with institutions turn up and say I'll give you a thousand pounds and they drop it like that Mm -hmm. that's all it takes because we don't know what unity looks like we haven't seen it, our parents haven't seen it, our grandparents haven't seen it and shaitan is very very good at disuniting us for the smallest of reasons for the passport, for the color of our skin, for the gender, for the sectarian issues. He's very good at dividing us and we're even better at dividing ourselves. Mm-hmm. So the reality is that we have a serious problem and we've got to talk about it. We've got to be, we've got to be honest. Because a lot of people are like, I want to do good work too. Then why did you set up your own charity? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you want to work, like you said, work with others? Why the work is an ocean. There is not a, like, there's nothing that you could do in the Muslim world right now. Not one single area that somebody would turn and say there's too many people doing that. Mm. There's nothing. But yet you found the one thing that somebody else would do and you step on their toes. Or you try to recreate the wheel. Why not we work together? Why not we bring people together inshallah? This doesn't mean Mm. that we want just one charity, just one country. It's not what we're saying. What I'm saying is that we need to be aware Mm. that the more that we try to unite, the more good work we try to do, Shaitan, who is our greatest enemy Who has fought against every prophet mm-hmm. Who has fought against every one of the Oliya He is not going to sit back He's going to use every single trick in his book mm-hmm. To destroy us and to prevent that unity Whether it's a personality issue Whether it's a conflict Whether it's uh, ethnicity or nationality
2: yeah.
1: He will stop us And he's going to he's, We're in a war against him We don't even realize it And he's winning One professor uh, at he said something which when I read it, I had to put the book down because it was too heavy. He said Islam has defeated every ideology that has ever confronted it in history except one, nationalism. Nationalism Mm -hmm. has defeated Islam. And it's hard to argue with him, to be honest, for the last hundred years. Nationalism continues, Asabiya continues to defeat us and destroy us so that we are where we are today.
2: Mm,
0: it's profound I mean not sure what what to (laughs) what to say it's such a deep point but okay so it also goes the other way and what I'm trying to say is that um, you know when you have you have someone that wants to do khayyad wants to do good organization whatever it might be right Um, but it also goes the other way which is that you know sometimes where you take that passion somewhere you take it to another organization you are like i want to do this and then you kind of shut off does that make sense yeah. so there is that side as well where you're kind of forced to go out and and just do your own thing so again it comes back to unity right meaning the other side also need to understand that you know we need to be a bit more accommodating and welcoming yeah. we need to work with other people and be open because you know again if you start something and if even if it was unique and you're the first to do it you know you kind of like want to hold on to it now yeah. so you don't want to welcome anyone else on board or if someone else does start things like Ah, oh, it's like the end of the world now, you know yeah. So if anything, you know If someone replicates Or someone does something Which is also good Then we shouldn't have that hatred Or animosity towards that individual, right? We should think, okay, Khair They're doing something good And maybe they've done something That I haven't been able to do خلاص, That's it So I think there's that There's that balance It is ba- exactly, right? needed a balance We get this yeah. in
1: messages everywhere Where the young generation You know, uh, it's almost like Our relationship with the the rulers, for example, mm. that uh, uh, there was a saying that, uh, you know, when we're, when we're like this, we will curse the rulers and the rulers will curse us. Yeah. So it's very much like the young generation of Muslims seem to curse the older generation and they curse mm. us. The young are u- useless and lazy and they're like, they're control freaks and yeah. they don't let go. And the reality is somewhere in between. We need to find, and if we can do that, if we can show love and mercy and kindness between each other, mm. we can unlock that. And and it is possible. It's coming more and more. And we see that with lots of different organizations where instead of just saying, you know, I want nothing to do with the older or the younger generation, we're finding a middle ground.
0: Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I wanted to just ask, we're coming to the end of the, the podcast, unfortunately. Um, I wanted to ask uh, a question because we're living in the day of social media. Um, you are, mashallah, involved in many different things. Um, and I've actually tried this, by the way. I've, I've actually tried to find you on yeah. <laughs> on social media. So I, I literally type your name, but I don't get much. So obviously I, I can find Charity Week. I can find, you know, Bima. Um, I can find all these projects, Muslim Matters. But then, uh, and, and your name sometimes comes up, but not really like much in terms of a profile where I can find I can follow you, etc. Is there a reason as to why, <clears throat> in this day and age of social media, you're not really on social media? Does that make sense?
1: I have nothing against social media. I yeah. think it's uh, it's like being against the TV or the airplane. it's mm. it's a reality of life now. There's good and there's bad in it. Mm. Um, and as you said, I'm um, you know, I'm not on social media, but I actually teach. Uh, social media and medicine at the local medical school okay. to the medical students. Uh, <clears throat> <clears throat>
0: social media and medicine.
1: The 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 confluence of uh, how social media and medicine come together. So right. taking uh, so how can healthcare yeah. uh, in this country benefit from uh, social media and what we, what we can do? To, you know what's the future look, looking like? Okay. But the reason I'm um, I'm personally not on it is because does it really matter what I do? I as an individual matter my personal mm-hmm. life? Not really. It's pretty boring, I'll be honest. You know, where I go on holiday, what I eat or drink, or my opinions on various things. You know, even even I find that boring, and I wouldn't want to inflict <laughs> that on anyone else. I can't imagine how anyone else would find that interesting. But the reality is that, at the end of the day, it's a huge sink and uh, use of your time and energy and resources. Mm. And this is something that. Um, I'm not in control of. If one, if I go on social media, then I'm playing somebody else's game. I'm a pawn on Mark Zuckerberg's chess chessboard, mm-hmm. and I won't let him push me around. <laughs> so, if I disengage from that, yeah. I find I have more time to do other things. Um, that is, I'm not again. I'm not against social media mm. or, or those who are on it, but I think what you'll find is that most people who are doing huge amounts um, probably aren't on social media. I mean, they yeah. have profiles. But other people post for them mm. and uh, again, you know, this is not me saying, oh, you know, I'm, I'm holier than thou. I'm off social media. I just don't have the time yeah. and I don't think anyone is missing out with me not being on social media. What's more important is uh, rather than writing posts is writing articles or mm. writing books inshallah. What's so more important more important than me being a participant in an online debate. Is being the one who ends the debates, eventually, inshallah. Mm. What's more important to me than building a profile online is building the community offline. That mm. will have that knock-on effect online eventually, anyway, inshallah. So that vision is much more, much more important, and the work is getting done. I mean, the 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 the, the vision is uh, yeah. being posted, <clears throat> is being spread. That's important to me. Definitely, definitely. And and I guess, So the visual is not important
0: I guess your 950 WhatsApp groups Make up for Not being in yeah, social media Yeah exactly, right? <laughs> exactly
1: It's almost like My
0: own personal social <laughs> exactly, media Exactly Dr. Majid Zazak al Honestly You're Really welcome. appreciate it uh, I feel like we've covered So many different topics Thank um you. But you know all, all coming back to unity uh, And uh, you know We're great supporters of, of your work And Charity Week And, and of course Shafzal The vision We love it May Allah bless you And, and increase you uh, And you know Inshallah, I think with the, like, like I said to you, with the history side of things, we need a separate podcast. We need to bring you back and pick your brains on Islamic I history, would love Inshallah.
1: I, may I just finish with one of message course. for the viewers? If anything that was said today or in any of the podcasts resonates with you, please get up and do something. Mm. Please do not let a moment pass because shaitan will let that moment pass and let that feeling go. Please get up and do, start that journey, Inshallah. Start working on a vision connecting with other people, start doing something. Because mm. time is running out. I mean, to be honest, this is my, my motive for being on this podcast, is to get that message out, that time is running out. There was a businessman, um, this is a true story, a businessman who changed his life around, and they asked him, why did you, what made you change your life around? Mm. And he uh, he said he was going to a meeting, and on the road, there was a poor man with his child, his his little boy next to him, yeah. and the man was saying, please give me money, to. So my, my child is sick. Please give me money, my child is sick And the businessman said I thought I would give them money But I was running late So I said I'll give it on my way back from the meeting
2: mm.
1: On the way back from the meeting That same man was there But this time he was saying Please give me money to bury my child Please give me money to bury my child And that businessman felt like he was going to lose his mind mm. He didn't know what to do He said well, he, in the time that he went to have his meeting This, ch- this child had passed away Because he decided to do good in his own time or later. Mm. And he realized then, he said, it can't wait. Our people, our ummah is crying out for help now. I stepped out of Jama Masjid in Delhi. You know, the biggest mosque in Delhi. Mm. Beautiful masjid built from Mughal history. And when you come out, there's a row, huge row of women all wearing burqas with their children holding out their hand. And I was young and I asked my father, and I said, who are these people? Who are they? And he turned to me and he said, these, these are your people. Mm-hmm. These are your people everywhere, whether it's Yemen or Somalia or Gaza or Pakistan or India or Kashmir or in Myanmar camps, wherever they are, they are your people. And they are suffering and they're crying out for you to do something now. To make a change When they raise their hands up to Allah They do not raise their hands up Asking Oh Allah Where is the money mm. No one does that They ask Oh Allah Where are the Muslims Where are they Make sure That when you Pause this podcast That you start giving them an answer
0: <sighs> That's That's uh... I think we're going to end it there khair once again Thank you so much You're And welcome. for for our listeners and viewers I don't think we could have ended On a more kind of powerful note To be honest with you um, I, I'm I'm feeling left inspired And I really do want to take up um, You know, Dr. Wajid's advice Which is that when you feel inspired And Ilmfield, by the way Is all about inspirational stories um, Or when you feel motivated When you feel, you know That little bit of energy Like, like Dr. Wajid said Um, Do something about it. Get up and just make use of the time because time is very, very limited, as we all know. Um, May Allah bless you. Thank you so much once again. Thank you you to to, to all of our viewers and listeners. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you check out, of course, all of the work um, of Charity Week and all of the other projects that Dr. Wajid and the team are involved in. May Allah bless you all. Thank you so much for listening. uh, And drop your comments below, inshallah. Drop some tips as to you know, uh, how you have, uh, and even stories, we'd love to hear from you how you have been involved uh, in, in different projects and how you have, you know, uh, been involved with Unity and how Unity has really helped you the vision, right? Inshallah, we'd love to hear from you. Take care from your host Shabir and from Dr. Wajid and the team. We'll see you inshallah next time. Assalamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.